From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. That's my email address. Thank you to all those who send me mails. Appreciate it as always. I had a great weekend. Uh, I hope you did too. If you're in a first world country or a developed country, whatever you call it, whatever the current term is for a country that is not an African country, uh, I suspect that you are probably in the Northern Hemisphere and as such had a somewhat colder weekend than I did. We are sitting with wonderful weather down here, the bottom tip of the African continent. It's on averaging 30 to 36 degrees Celsius. I never know what that is. I think it's around about 70 or 75 Fahrenheit, uh, something like that, I suppose. Uh, and uh, we're having a good time. Remember down here in Africa, we are very behind the times, years and years and years behind. So we watch, we watch what you guys in the developed world are doing. Um, and then we, we, you know, light up a joint and take another 30 years to, to follow suit. With that in mind, jump into the live chat. Say hi, if you are watching via one of the live feeds, everything's on the TNT website, all the links, etc. cetera. Uh, Alex and uh, Joel and I will be with you for the next hour. My name is Jerm, this is Jerm Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Todd Hay and I was joking about lighting a joint. I don't smoke weed. But anyway, welcome to the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. You don't smoke it, but do you eat it? I don't eat it. I, <laughs> what I, else I stopped that. No. no, I stopped doing that when I was nine. <laughs> Good for you. You know, everybody does that. I don't do that either. Never did anything for me. So, but I have almost all my clients. Oh, I have to have it to sleep. You know that. So, so it's it's big here in Canada. I have I've legal, got a great but, solution. You know. If you if you're struggling to sleep, get yourself a wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're good for it's a lot fun. of things. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. When we were. When my wife and I were in Amsterdam a few months ago, uh, there, were, there were a lot of people smoking weed. And I can tell you right now, it's actually really not all that pleasant. Uh, I mean, obviously, I suppose mm. a lot of us did it when we were younger. It's completely legal in, in the Netherlands, but I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't understand the thrill of recreational drugs. I'm generally these days opposed to recreational drugs. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, Todd. Um, I'm probably on the same page with you with that. I, I, mm. you know, including alcohol, I, I just don't see a lot of, a lot of point in it, and uh, it seems to be incredibly popular, and, and and not just with kids, you know. Certainly, alcohol is popular with everybody, and you know, I'll yeah. have a drink once in a while if I go to dinner or something. But it's, you know, I I don't know. I don't see the appeal in spending a large portion of your time inebriated in any form at exactly. all. I, you know, it's hard, exactly. it's hard enough for me to keep my, my brain working well, you know, with the stuff that I do and everything. The last thing I want is for it to be off, yeah, off in some other world. I also get the impression, maybe we can actually chat about this a little bit if you want, but I, I, I get the impression that drugs I'm going to just exclude alcohol just for the moment. I get the impression that 
that drugs can be used as a way to, you know, make people compliant and also keep people distracted from what's really going on because they zone out. I, I'm very conflicted though. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this particular tug of war. I don't, I don't do drugs myself. Um, but I know that when people are growing up, they do in the experiment and I never know which mm. way to go with this. Well, the experimentation thing, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I think it's gotten to a point where it's much more dangerous than it used to be. Uh, mm. But, you know, young people are always looking for stuff to kind of expand their, their sense of self and their control over their own lives and their autonomy and all of that. So it is kind of a given. But going, going back to the, uh, the idea that this is part of the compliance agenda, uh, I, you know, I, I almost, I mean, one thing that I discovered when I woke up, as they say, is that nearly every single thing that we see in the world now is part of that agenda. And it particularly when you see the government involved in it to the degree that they are, um, and like in Canada and in a lot of other places, the legalization, I, I don't think any drug should be criminalized for sure. Uh, because that's a whole nother story. It's a it's a whole nother way of compliance and and dealing with, with the government dealing with control. But this this idea of saying yeah 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 everybody you know here just it's only a couple of blocks away every single cannabis shop that there is it's like oh yeah you know it's great mm -hmm. you know just go in there and of course the government makes a ton of money off of it and uh, I do think I mean just going back to Brave New World. It's like the the whole yeah. culture there was just take a pill, take the soma, and uh, and inebriate yourself. You know, get get yourself out of the complication of having to think and make decisions. And yeah, it's definitely but a very very important part of the story. The thing, Todd, is I agree with you hundred percent. I I don't think drugs and alcohol should be banned. Um, I, I don't think that the state should have any type of control over that um, because obviously if people want to do drugs or want to drink alcohol they will we know what happened during prohibition in, in the US and uh, we yeah. can see yeah. we can see examples everywhere of what happens when the state tries to you know uh, extend the long arm of the law but but then at the same time this there's, there's a moral aspect to this so in other words number one I don't think the state should be involved with it but number two I don't think people should be consuming uh, drugs. Alcohol, alcohol, I think is okay. Uh, but only based on the fact that it's something that humans have done for thousands of years. It's in the Bible, even it goes back forever. Um, and it seems to be go hand mm -hmm. in hand with 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 just normal entertainment and recreation. I'm not talking about, you know, lying flat in your face, inebriated. But I am talking about the enjoyment of like wine, for example. Uh, it seems to go hand in hand with so many activities that we've always had. Yeah. Um, I would go back to, uh, what, what did you just say a minute ago? Uh, the moral issue about it. Like I, I don't, I don't know if the word moral is the right word, although you certainly could apply that if, if you were a very religious person or somebody who, who felt they followed the tenets of, of God or the 10 commandments or whatever it might be. But um, I don't drink and take drugs because I don't want to. Mm. I feel like it's not worth what 
it's not worth getting on that slippery slope for one thing, as far as hard drugs are concerned. And it, it just doesn't appeal that set of always being on something, always smoking or eating edibles or always drinking just doesn't feel like the way a human being should be. And, uh, I don't do it because it's illegal. That's that's not the reason. So I, I think like almost everything else we deal with that laws are made about, if there was any kind of moral uh, value, probably is a better word, human values about it, uh, that makes your decision not to do something uh, or to do something to discipline yourself in some way that's really the core of it and that's that's the reason why this is a bottom-up problem it's not a top-down problem you can't make it against the law i mean just like uh, my wife and i were just talking about the whole chat gpt thing this morning about how that's just teaching everybody not not to write not to learn how to put words together you know whatever it might be and the conclusion just with with people like that is just well what can you do you know, it's it's just the way that it is. It's the way that it, the culture has come to this. So we just have to go with it. Mm. And same thing with screen time, staring at a phone all the time. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. And, you know, that isn't the choice. I mean, that or it is a choice. It's your choice. If you choose not to use, say, chat GPT to write a eulogy, say, if you're going to a funeral or something, and sit down and write it yourself, that's your choice. Just because the culture says it can be done. In another way, you don't have to go that path. And I think everybody feels like they just have to go the path of the, of the culture rather than have their own values and their own morals and their own beliefs. Yeah, and I, the same thing goes with, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, yeah. drinking wine or taking drugs is, I, I guess it's a personal thing and you can't really apply morality to that. I, I, I take your point. Uh, and it obviously is a personal thing. Steve Jobs famously took acid uh, when he, mm. and he, in his book, in his autobiography, he talks about how he was the most creative in those moments. Um, what's his name? Who wrote Cat in the Hat? Uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Uh, he, yeah. he, he, famously, <laughs> he famously wrote um, Cat in the Hat while absolutely mindlessly drunk. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. And it's well, one of the, it's, you know, you're one of the into greatest... a little different area too. Yeah, it, it, well, it particularly with the, uh, yeah, with acid or mushrooms or yeah. I mean, you're, you're ayahuasca. You're talking about something a little different than a recreational, although it is mm. used for recreation. I I, I know that. Um, the other drugs have such a disastrous effect on the physiology of the human body. Like cocaine. Um, that, it, like cocaine and certainly heroin, fentanyl. I mean, you get into the, the high-end stuff. You know, you're pretty much dead if you're going to mm. get that far into it. It's It doesn't become something that you have a control over. And alcohol can have the same effect. Uh, mm. Not the same as fentanyl or heroin, but certainly disastrous effect. Um, but going back again to what you were saying about it just being something. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, Anything that's in, you know, as they say, in moderation, it, it's like drinking is not necessarily, you know, you go out with your with your buddies and you're sitting around and you're safe, you're not driving or whatever, and you have a couple of drinks or 20 beers, whatever it might be. It, 20. It's like, you know, there's, you know, whatever. 
I mean, that's one of the best things in, in therapy. When when you ask somebody, how how many beers do you have? Oh, just a few. You know, and it ends up being like <laughs> like two six packs of tall, tall beer. You know, you go, uh, that's kind of a lot. Well, I, I, I only drink until I pass out and then I don't drink anymore. <laughs> so it's not really that much. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, I think, you I know, anything in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. I think where I'm going with this is we've, we, we've spent the last few years piecing together some very, very important puzzles. And I, I don't think that that puzzle has been pieced together yet. I think there are large pieces, large pieces missing. And I, I didn't ever consider up until the COVID era that perhaps drugs could be a, a great mechanism of mass compliance. Uh, I mean, if you if you go to Amsterdam, for example, uh, using that example, and you see the large number of people who are constantly smoking marijuana, I mean, my wife said to me on the plane, on the, on the flight home, she said, like, what do you think those people are going to be like 20 years from now? You know, what's the general, mm -hmm. I mean, marijuana slows you down dramatically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen 20 years in, you know, in 20 years time? Yeah. Good question. You know, it's uh, the, the control of drugs is an interesting thing to look at. And I haven't really looked at it much, but I do know that, the, all of the conspiracy theories about the CIA being involved in, in say, cocaine distribution in the United States from Colombia back in the whenever that was, 80s, 90s, whatever. And, you know, what was the incentive behind that? What was the incentive behind prohibition, you know, as far as the government agenda goes? It seems opposite of what's happening now. Uh, but I think that there, too, was some kind of uh, effort in control and compliance that that was going on that was not beneficial to the individual nor to the masses uh but i you know absolutely unfortunately the problem is a ground up is a bottom-up problem it's not you can't create laws you can't create restrictions against anything for the most part um you certainly can have capital punishment cap well not punishment but capital laws like murder and rape and things because there's always going to be outliers of people that are uncontrollable that do not have a moral base that do not have uh ethics or or uh values or whatnot but um anything else you know it has to be bottom up it has to be your own values your own your own thoughts about well where am i going to be in 20 years if i'm like all the time now I mean that has to be an individual decision and that could take hundreds of years to to create in the yeah culture. so it's so far so that, away from it yeah so that tug of war is between personal ethics and the state so on the one hand as we were saying earlier we both agree that the state shouldn't have a hand in that decision making and then on <laughs> And then on the other hand, there are a lot of hands here. And then on the other hand, uh, people should should have some sort of ethical moral position on this. The problem the problem is is that those two concepts seem to get merged all too often, don't you think? The two concepts of uh... so, so, for example, some people think that the state should impose or legislate morality, which I don't think 
They can. Oh, right, right, right. No, 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 they can't. And they shouldn't. The state shouldn't do much of anything except build roads yeah. and bridges and stuff like that. I mean, it's and even, like... And even that. And even that is and even questionable. That, and even yeah. that. Yeah. It, it's like the, the corruption of power that's centralized has, is a human thing that's been going on since the beginning of time. And I think briefly, and I could be totally wrong with this in a, in a certain context, I think briefly the United States and maybe other countries when they were first formulated and formulated on certain ideals had a go of it. And they didn't do too badly, but then again, they also were relatively uniform. I mean, anybody mm -hmm. below a certain income level were considered unimportant. Uh, certainly anyone of color, women, whatever were considered unimportant as far as the structure of the system was concerned so it had its major major faults but i think for a little while the ideals of of the united states say just as an example were actually sound and actually made some sense now i'm sure there are people out there that would argue that like violently argue that and and you know i wouldn't it wouldn't be hard to sway me over but i I think what we're talking about, unfortunately, for a lot of people, it, the basis of what we're talking about lies in religion and lies in spirituality and lies with, with a belief in a in uh, a certain uh, rightness about being a human being that's innate within us. We don't need a church. We don't need a religion. We don't need even a god that we can identify and be able to describe although a lot of people find that comfortable and that's fine um but what we know is being right and the values that we can depend on as a species it is already present and known within us it's very easily pushed away by the culture it's very very easy to push that away and mm -hmm. I think we're at a point now in world culture, certainly Western culture, certainly North American culture, and not just North American, but quite, quite a bit of what we consider the civilized world, as they say. It, it has been destroyed. And anywhere else, if we look at, say, the Middle East, where we have the theocracies, the Islam theocracies, and in other parts of the world, I think it's been distorted. Um, to the degree where it, it backfires on itself. You know, this morality that then the state, being the theocrat uh, theocratic authority, then imposes the laws and the punishments for anyone that mm. deviates from, from, the, uh, from the doctrine of, of a particular religion. So it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> and you need me to tell you that. Right. Todd, everybody knows this. <laughs> Let's continue after the break. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT. TNT's Pervoye Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto. Um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto, a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now They'll, they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them, uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, 
Moscow achieve smart city status. Uh, and there's just, you know, you look at the white papers, Moscow and Russia are all in on Agenda 2030, smart cities, algorithm ghetto, digital IDs. For Voye Morich on today's News Talk TNT. see it coming. It's pre-diabetes, and it captures one in three adults. You may not even know you have it, but you can escape. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test to know where you stand. With early diagnosis, you can change the outcome and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Be your own hero on smartphones everywhere at doihaveprediabetes.org. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I think one of the overarching uh, meta conversations that's going on here, Todd, is it sounds like what we're talking about is... No, it's not all that important. Uh, it's just a minor detail. You know, talking about drugs and drinking booze or whatever. But I have noticed that there is absolutely a blind spot with many folks, shall we say, on our side, quote unquote, where they zoom out so much to, to try and see that big picture that they completely and utterly forget what's directly in front of them. Uh, and it, so you kind of have to you have to have your, your peripheral vision, but you also have to see what's right in front of you because these sort of culture wars like drugs and alcohol and and entertainment and Hollywood and all those things, these are all real things. These are real parts of our lives and they, they're incredibly important. Uh, yes. Um, I had a lot to say about that and I just totally lost my thought. Because it's a big thing. It's it's very mm. hard to verbalize this. And and the the first thought that I had is that the 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 idea that's been around forever, uh, that the flesh is uh, is bad, and that anything that the flesh desires has to be uh, uh, extinguished. Um, there's some truth in that. <laughs> And I I don't know if historically certainly the 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 religions like Christianity, for example, I, I certainly don't think they went about it in the best way. Uh, but there is something to this idea of, of satisfying the physical desire for instant gratification and comfort. And, and that has to be, through discipline, controlled in some way, because it is not the body will take over from the spiritual you know, there's there's three basic basic things that we're made up of. There's the physical, there's the mental, and there's the spiritual. And all three of those those things are vying for for priority and vying for attention. And you know, some people say, oh well, we should pay attention to the spiritual alone. 
And no, that doesn't balance us out as an integrated human being because we do have to have pleasure and we do have to enjoy the sensations of the body. Um, Some will say the mind is the priority and that has the same problem. Um, Certainly nowadays, the body wins. The body has won the battle. So indulgence, overindulgence becomes the name of the game. We can do anything we want. You know, we're free to be free human beings, free, free sex, free drugs, free entertainment. That's all life is about. Now, we could say, well, okay, that's a natural progress of things. People need to return to a more integrated, more balanced human experience, which includes the spirituality because re- religion's made a bad name for itself. So nobody wants to go back to that. Nobody wants to go back to the God-fearing times of you know hell and whatever. Now, the problem I think that's happened is that the, the agenda, the powers that be, the whatever this global central effort to control the masses of the world in order to make things quote unquote better um, has gotten a hold of this and is milking it for all that it can. It is just like we were talking about earlier. It's legalizing certain drugs. It's legalizing, uh, you know, it's doing, and again, I'm not saying it should be criminalizing, but this, this freedom to allow the body to do whatever it wants to do, entertainment, uh, you know, staring at a phone 24-7, just all of these things. And it's taking advantage of this, of, of this compulsion to treat the body first as, as priority, instant gratification, and all of those things that come with it, lack of discipline, blah, blah, blah. I could go on and on and on with that. And I think that's the big danger. If this were just an evolutionary process, social evolution process, I think it would eventually return to homeostasis because people would learn, well, this doesn't really work. They're going to start returning to a more spiritual state or, or whatever it might be. They're going to balance those three things out. But with the agenda, and I l- love to use that word because it just covers everything, its intention is for that not to happen. Because if it can get people to be as highest percentage as possible, to be focused on the body and instant gratification, comfort, safety is a big one, of course. We know all about that. Security. If it can get the masses to focus on that as close to 100% as possible, then they are in complete control. Yeah. And of, of those people, because you can manipulate that. Uh, in any way you choose. You can put a scare out there. You can do this. You can do that. It's a very surface level of human survival. But people will go down and they will die before yeah. they would pull away from it. So anyway. So in other words, if, you, if you're if you looking too far into the distance, you're going to stumble over the, the rock that's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um. Looking into the distance or looking deeper into something, thinking, critical thinking, is putting intelligence and maybe spirituality first. It's ignoring the needs of the body. The body doesn't want Mm -hmm. anything uncomfortable. So if something's in front of you that causes, um, and and discomfort is avoidance of discomfort, obviously, 
the discomfort is in front of us, say with the vaccine or with the, the disease or, or whatever, the fear of it is in front of us, which is very uncomfortable. It will grab on to whatever raft, whatever life raft that floats by. And mm. the, the powers that be throw those out and say, here, here's a vaccine. That'll fix it. You know, we'll scare the bejesus out of you to start with. And then when we throw this little thing out there, which also has its own agenda, because if the vaccine really is what people are claiming it is, if it's part of a genocidal project here, people will grab onto it immediately yeah. without any thinking about it. I'm not sure if that's where you were going with this, but it, it, when you were yeah, saying right in front of you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, so something I wanted to kind of segue into because it's it's directly related to my opening comments about drugs and alcohol is that the idea that we must suppress entertainment or recreation uh, because if we don't suppress it, we're going to be distracted. This is a comment that I've I've seen over and over and over for years now throughout the COVID era. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. You know, if, if you watch rugby or you watch MMA or something, mm. you're being distracted. But the reality, Todd, is that you have to be distracted or else you're going to end up on antidepressants, slitting your wrists and dying a, a very dark, depressing life because human nature needs a bit of fun. Entertainment has been part of humanity for thousands of years. The Greeks watched theater. Uh, so it's, it's about balance, isn't it? It's about enjoying a little bit of it, just enough, and then get back to, back to reality. Yes. Um, I think it's also the, the quality of entertainment that has eroded over time yeah. um, or, or through the system. Um, no, absolutely. Again, I, I, I agree with that. I know what you're saying when you say that. It's also a matter of balance, just like you said, and your own control, your own sense of discipline. Like, is it the right time to be distracted? Or have I been distracted too often today or too much? How much screen time? How much TikTok time have I put in? You know, on and on. But the quality of the distraction is, is important as well. Like, yes. like I can read a, a, a book or I can watch a, a, a movie, say, uh, that has some depth to it and some meaning to it. And it is entertaining and it is a distraction for me where someone else would only be able to watch the Kardashians or whatever. I don't know who's popular these days. That was a little while back. And find entertainment in that. And... That's I, I think the quality of the entertainment is important to consider as as well. Um, yes. And that doesn't mean that all surface, you know, brain dead entertainment should be thrown out. I, I, that, you know, there's even a time for that. Not not to say that that's destructive, but I, I think, it, you know, again, it just it does come down to, to balance, to understanding. But, yes, part of the human condition is to be entertained but you know nowadays it's hard to say you know we're in the midst of a war right now and that distraction mm. it should be more minimal than it would be in a in a perfect situation you know where we're living a, <laughs> a life <that's> relatively <laughs> my yeah. wife and i are currently watching um 
the Hunger Games series, and it's not really a distraction from reality, is it? It's kind of a documentary. <laughs> no, I know. I know. There's a lot of stuff out there like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely true that we can overdo it. We can become immersed yeah. in the horrors of, of, of what's going on and, and lose track of, of ourselves. I, I find that happening quite a bit to me and to, to other people around me. It's we're, we're war weary, you know, of, of all of it, especially when we don't have control over it, which we mm. don't. Uh, you know, I, I focus more on the younger people who are trying to get off the grid, that they're trying to go somewhere like you, you know, where you are, you're saying you're, you're behind, you're, you're a couple of, uh, of what, from the Normandy beach during the war. Yeah. You're a little <laughs> far away from it. It'll take a little longer for the wave to come and consume all of you down there, which is the place to be if, especially if you're young and, and have children uh, have a family is I think the name of the game now should not so much be a warrior out in the trenches fighting, mm. but to actually start creating the new world. And I hate to use yeah, that but phrase because I mean, it's there's a comment here. Sorry for 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 jumping in, but there's a comment here yeah, from yeah. saying saying yeah, but bread and circuses shouldn't be your entertainment. Now that's a that's a very generic mm. comment because who who determines what is bread and circuses? Right. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's mm. discernment. It's it's being careful and constantly being, uh, or it's being conscious as, as much as you can be, which is the name of the game with anything is consciousness. Because I think we have all within us the power of, of discernment, the power of understanding, the power of discipline, the power of knowing what is best for us as a, as an organism as well as as a spiritual being. It's just we have to be conscious because more and more, thanks to the agenda, more and more is being pushed into the unconscious as, as oh, this is just the way that it is. Um, just like the whole chat GPT thing or the AI art. It's like, oh, well, that's just the way it is now. Human beings are going to be wiped off the face of the earth. All creativity is going to go down. Ah, it's just the way it is. And you go, no, it's not the way that it is. It's the way, it's what's being forced on us well, not even forced on us. It's being presented to us as easy. It's easy. It's more, it, 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 it satisfies the body rather than the mind, rather than, you know, I have to sit down and write this, this report. I have to figure out how to put these words together and make it make sense. Oh, I'll just stick it in the computer and, and chat GPT will do it for me. It's easier. It's more comforting. It's my choice, though, to do that. Mm. And um, you can use it as a tool. You certainly can. I mean, I'm not saying that this technology and these advances should just be completely wiped off, you know, the face of our, of, of our everyday encountering with things. But um, it certainly is not being used that way. And yeah, Catherine, uh, Catherine Fitz makes uh, the argument that technology is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's just a tool. And it's not inherently mm -hmm. evil or inherently good. Uh, it's just, it's mm -hmm. just a way of 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 living, um, and as you just correctly said, just use your discernment. ChatGPT is remarkably low resolution in terms of the way it can write. You can test it yourself, and it's it's so generic, mm -hmm. it's so boring, and you can clearly see 
uh, if somebody's copied and pasted chat GPT, you know? Um, so mm -hmm. creativity, I th uh, sure, creativity is under attack, but I suspect the, the human condition will always win. That's kind of what I'm getting at. You think so? <laughs> I wish I had I, that. Uh... I'm being I'm being optimistic, Todd. Come on. I mean, the, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be a train coming towards us, surely. <laughs> well, no, I, and and maybe maybe this is just my view of things. I I agree with you. I do think that mm. eventually, uh, human spirit will prevail. Yeah. Uh, but I think good, good the way wins. we are right now. Huh? It does. It does. But it yeah. could be a million years from now. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing. It 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 may not. You know, we can say, oh, it will prevail within my lifetime, um, depending on how old you are and how long your life is going to be. But I I think it would take um, a miracle for it, it would have to be the hundredth monkey concept of just, mm. you know, things exponentially taking off in a positive way very, very quickly, considering how stumbling around it's going right now and how far away it seems to be that, I mean, people can't even see the simplest things going on, just like yeah. you said earlier, yeah. to right in front mm. of them and they can't even see it. And that's the majority of people. And yeah. when you see that, you go, well, and then when you try to get them to see it, you're hit with so much resistance and so much ugliness coming back at you. You just go, oh, well, you know, forget it. You're not going to see this. And yeah. yeah, okay, maybe something will happen that all of a sudden a wave will come in and, and everybody will figure this out. Because we're at a point now where we're definitely, unless unless the vaccines or or whatever's going on is actually mm. altering the physiology of the brain, which which people which are it saying is. it is. It is. It, it is definitely. If that's if that's true and it's not reversible, then we have a whole generation we have to go through before anything's mm. going to turn around. I've got a rule um, of we thumb. We have to have a whole group of. Huh. I've got a rule of thumb. I've got a rule of thumb, but I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm going to tell you after the break, Todd. Hey, and I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Joe. Okay. This is TNT. <laughs> When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee, and that's when it really, really hit. And Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought, something is seriously wrong with me here. So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. Hi. I'm your retirement fear. But don't be scared. You're still in pre-tirement. Does that mean I have more time to plan? Precisely. Here, this is pretirement.org. Retirement savings options? <laughs> Potential tax breaks. Ooh. This isn't scary. I'm doing it. You got this. <laughs> 
Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Todd, yes, my rule of thumb. When it comes to entertainment okay. or recreation or being distracted, I'm, I'm all in favor of distractions. I just want to throw that out there. I, I'm not going to try and have some morally superior position and say, well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a good example of, uh, of not being distracted. I get distracted all the time, but yes, my rule of thumb. Do I come out of that distraction feeling refreshed, uh, feeling like I've, I've added value to my life in some way or form? Uh, do I feel creative after that? Am I more, am, am I better positioned to, to take on what's coming? And if my answer is yes, well then that, that distraction worked. For example, I love going to the theater with my wife. Uh, that's a distraction, but it's a wonderful distraction. It feels, it feels cultural and it feels classical and traditional and all those, all those wholesome things. Despite, it doesn't matter what the, theater, what, the, what the production is, but just those three hours of my day. You know, it, it, am, I, am, I making, am I making sense? Yeah, sure you are. I would argue with you, though, as to whether that's really a distraction or not. Oh, okay. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you have, to, you have to, to have a distraction. You have to have a thing that you're being distracted from. And then you have to have a determination as to whether being distracted from that thing or whatever it is, mm. is going to be detrimental to either you or your family or the world or whatever it might be. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's a difference between going to a play and, you know, shooting up with heroin uh, yeah. for those three hours and being completely oh, it, dysfunctional. No you're, yeah. Now, now that's a distraction. Right. That's a dis- oh, the, that's, the heroin like is that. a distraction from everything. Yeah. It's a distraction mm. from life itself. It's a distraction from um to you see what you're doing there, I think, and I don't know what kind of play you go to because I think that would have some some uh sound of music. That uh, was the most recent. Okay. You're you're you are stimulating, you're you're removing your attention from things that are more of the intellect, say or even the body, because mm. certainly your body is not necessarily being instantly gratified by sitting in a, in a seat in a theater. All right, some degree it is, but not, not necessarily. I mean, not like taking a drug or whatever. Mm. Um, and you're stimulating partially your intellect and partially your artistic spiritual connection because music and, and, you know, working out a narrative that's on stage with live human beings has, has a, has a very spiritual impact, not, mm. not in a classic way, but in you're stimulating a certain part of your being. So that's, that's not really, As opposed to in heroin. my view. Yeah. What, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's a I great, think most yeah, that's of, a great explanation. Yeah, I think most things that we that like you and I and a lot of our fellows would call mm. distractions are not really distractions. They're they're removing ourselves from a particular uh, point, you know, whether it be, let's say I spend hours and hours reading articles and looking at interviews about the COVID issue and the wars and all of this. And that's all I'm doing for hours. And then I decide to go take a walk with my dog as a distraction but it's not 
it's a distraction from what I was doing, but it's not a distraction yeah. in the sense of, oh, this is bad. You're not paying attention. Because it added value. You're, it added you're value a, to your life. Yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely like adds value to mm. your life. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so, yeah. so if it adds value to your life in some way, then it's not a distraction. Taking heroin and being broken for hours on end is a complete distraction because you've added no value to your life. Yeah, I like that. Right. Yeah. You're only appealing to a false sense of pleasure um, mm. that your body has a capability of providing uh, through a stimulation of a drug. Mm. But it's not real, obviously. It's, it's, I mean, it feels real, but it's, it's not what the body expects to, to be pleasure. You know, like, like if you get out on a raft and go rafting in rapids, you, you know, and you get exhilarated and you get that adrenaline rush and the dopamine and all those chemical things going on in your body that makes you excited and whatever, that is a natural, not false way of being stimulated physically sex is a good example of that because obviously mm. that's natural um, yeah that stimulation that euphoric feeling and connection and whatever um uh, there's a comment here saying sport is great either playing or watching it's not necessary necessary to get caught up in the tribal sentiments and I, i'm not sure if i agree with that i often see this kind of comment flying around where people go well you know, don't don't get you know, don't be tribal. But what's wrong with it, actually? Um, it is the nature of sport to compete. And competition means two tribes, essentially, you know, competing against each other. I'm not going out there and shooting people up because my team lost. That's different. But there, surely there's no harm, Todd, in, shall we say, recreational tribalism. It's not just not harmful. It's actually healthy. I, I don't think, I think that's one of the things the agenda is trying to destroy as well. Yes. Uh, not so much in sport, but just a sense of tribalism, a sense of difference that I'm different. My, cust my customs and my mannerisms are different than this culture over here. Yeah. I'm not, say, Chinese, so I don't have the same uh, cultural uh, awareness, appreciation, whatever words you want to use for certain things that most, say, most Chinese people um, may have. Colors, food, dress, visuals, yeah. whatever it might be. But that doesn't mean that I want to go out and destroy that because Correct. it threatens me. So that's a more archaic form of tribalism, which is what I think everybody's so afraid of. And I think the the agenda wants to make us afraid of that and cause it actually accelerates it, it exacerbates that sense of difference is bad yeah exactly um, and it's is, a great comment here it, sorry if we interrupt you but the, but but yeah yeah <laughs> the person the person called grumpy old woman says here kids in primary and junior school these days are actively discouraged from winning so it's not to upset the losers. Yeah. In other words, nobody wins. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So everybody's a winner. Yep. And this is a this is yep. profoundly problematic. Profoundly problematic. And again, because it's me and I'm paranoid, I think it's intentional. Yes, I, I, I think, think you're right. All of this 
is intentional. And, you know, I sound like, I'm starting to sound like David Icke, which is, which is great because I think he's, <laughs> I used to think he was completely out of his mind. But, you know, he's been saying this for years, the indoctrination of, of formal schooling and whatever mm -hmm. teaches us these particular things. And it's gotten to a point now where we're starting to notice it. I think 30 years ago, we didn't really notice it, but I think we're starting to notice it now. Uh, with this, everybody's a winner, the whole trans problem, mm. and, you know, identification, gender identification or, or orientation or whatever it might be. Uh, and I don't think that's an accident. I don't think that's natural social evolution. I think that we've been guided into this direction. Um, yeah. Because once and again, if you... Sorry, go on, Todd. No, I, I, I was just going to say again, if, if, if we lose the, those senses, those, those very human um, attributes of competition and mm. working hard to be the winner and that there are losers. I mean, there are people that, you know, if you go into the karmic idea, there are people that are born to face the challenge of being a loser say in sports or whatever it might be or being bullied or whatever there's a psychological yeah. lesson that they are meant to learn and to work through and i'm yeah, not advocating exactly. bullying or or being a loser or whatever it's it's just part of the human system that has been around since humans have been around and we can certainly nurture the loser say if you were a teacher yes, or exactly. a coach and and you had a, a guy that was overweight and was lousy at basketball, you would you could work with them and you could help them. But you don't but take using, away the winners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, competition yeah. is actually desirable because it, it leads to innovation mm. and it leads to it leads to excellence. If if everybody gets yeah. a gold star, then you have no reason to compete and you have no basically you basically Absolutely. going back to you, you're going to communism again yeah you know uh, and, yeah. and nobody wants that you you need competition i think the tribalism that 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 becomes detrimental is when it gets to gaza for example and you, you literally have thousands of people being bombed that kind of tribalism is now beyond um acceptance but that also goes out, that's outside of the realm of tribalism now. That's gone into all sorts of other agendas. Um, but tribalism, I think, is just another way of saying competitiveness for the most part. Yeah, sure it is. Sure it is. I, I, I think, you know, the Gaza, the Gaza thing, I, I really hesitate going into mm. this in any way at all. But if if we were really operating from a true instinctive uh, human level of a more archaic psyche of earlier times, say going back a thousand mm. years or so. What Israel is doing is exactly what they should be doing. There is an irritant. They are the more that is is the Palestinians. They are the more powerful. They have the means to get rid of the irritant, and it doesn't matter. The, the, there's no uh, there's no ethical consideration. It's like you are you are killing us, you are hurting us, you hate us. We're going to get rid of you. And I think that we I, I'd like to think that we have um, evolved and advanced to a place in our 
our tribal uh, conflicts, that we don't do that like we used to do it as humans, that, that we work something out that isn't just annihilation, like you're bothering me, so and I'm stronger than you, so I'm just going to step on you and kill you and be done with it. And again, to throw the agenda in this conflict, it's so little of what we see is so little of what's actually happening. You know, we have a situation that has been set up for the last hundred years, and it's it's evolving based on this false setup that the governments, the powers, the Middle East, just all of this stuff that the average person knows nothing about, nothing. Mm. And love uh, so it's not even a natural evolution. It's it's not yeah. even a natural evolution because I think if we were dealing with natural social evolution, we wouldn't be having the situation that there is there now. And it would not have been set up to be there. They would not have the oppression uh, that the Palestinians have had over the years. It would not be this, uh, all of the things that have created the hate and the horror and the terrorism and I want to wipe you off the face of the earth. None of that would have been set up if it was a natural evolution, social evolution, cultural evolution. So, yeah. I mean, that's my two cents on it. It's, uh, no, I it's love, not a lot. but I love this comment from Catherine. She says here, uh, all of these comments and concerns point to the proof that being close to God and knowing his will for your life, using scripture as your guide is so important. It's a good recipe for success in living a full life. And in, a, in an interesting way that that kind of horseshoes back to what I was talking about right at the start of our conversation. Uh, basically, you're waking up and I've said this many times, you know, you wake up with meaning and with purpose in your life. You know, you, you, you find that value structure and that will start helping you not only look into the distance, but also at those rocks that are right in front of you. Um, that's why I had a great weekend, because I, I wake mm -hmm. up with a smile on my face. I have a reason to wake mm -hmm. up. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a nihilistic, black-pulled, uh, pessimistic, uh, completely negative, cynical view on life. And, and, that's by, and that's by choice, by the way. Mm -hmm. And you know, people like her, people that are actually in touch with that classical God, the classical mm. scriptures or whatever, are like you are. They, they wake up knowing all is fine because mm. in their world it is because that world is closer to the truth. The world of the scriptures, the organized religions, Christianity is closer to the truth, if not the truth. I'm not yes. going to argue that it's not the truth. It's closer, at least it's closer to the truth than anything else that's going on than anything else. Yes, there's corruption in that area as well. There has been historically for years, mm. blah, blah, blah. But the, the truth of, of, of Christians or God is love. That is, that uh, is the foundational truth to it. Todd, I, oh, sorry, I'm interrupting. I just looked at the time and I almost completely I forgot. Let's just quickly do your promo. We're gonna, we are very short on time. <laughs> Well, all I'd say is go to uh, www.shrewviews.com. That's where I am. I write a ton of articles there, and we all have a great time. That's all I have to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send Alex an email because, Alex, you didn't remind me that I was running out of time. <laughs> Todd Hayen, thank you for joining me in the trenches. I'll, I'll catch you in two weeks' thank time. Thank you, sir. Send me an email, uh, Jim Warfare at tntradio.live.
Um, I'm out of here tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Larry Sanger. He's a co-founder of Wikipedia. You don't want to miss that. On behalf of Joel, Alex, and myself, my name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Mm-hmm.